Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, beautiful Weeby listeners. This is the Uncensored Anime Podcast. My name is David. I'm joined here with my friends Kenny and Jerry. What's up, y'all? And this is episode three. And, you know, I had no idea that we would make it this far, but we got 70 viewers on our first episode. We're hitting the big stream. Yeah, what uh, a crazy experience. Yeah, so... Like, comment, and subscribe. Um, please, yeah, like, subscribe, comment. Yeah, if you're just um, tuning yeah, so, in. So this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Beastars. We're going to be talking about Wotakoi. Life is hard for, for Otaku. We have a few updates from Jerry. And we are going to... We also have a special present from Kenny at, <laughs> near the end of the podcast. So let's hop right to it. So Jerry, All what right. is our weekly news? Absolutely. Let's get into it, guys. So just like every week, we want to talk a little about some anime news that's going on right now before we jump into our first reviews. David nailed it. We're talking B-Stars. We're talking Wotakoi tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun. Probably not spend as long, hopefully, unless we just... We've been getting into it pretty heavy in these last two episodes, so these two shows are much more light, which I think should be fun. Um, but the big thing I want to talk to you guys about this week, and I think this news actually dropped like a week or two ago. I'm not... I don't remember exactly. Maybe closer to San Diego Comic-Con, so it might have even dropped like a month ago. Um, but the news has come out that a classic anime show from our childhood is getting a full-blown reboot, Right? You guys know which one uh, it is? That's Shaman King. Shaman King. Shaman baby. King. Yeah, did you ever watch Shaman King? What's that I face? I did not. Oh, David. I, I want Zatch Bell. Uh, I, I want Zatch Bell. That's all you want. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> a very surprising David thought it was that. David was like, they're rebooting Vampire Night? <laughs> yes, Vampire Night. <laughs> It needs it. It needs it back. <laughs> he was like, oh my god, Vampire Night, finally again. Um, no, but they're rebooting uh, Shaman King, which comes as quite a bit of a surprise to me, at least. I, I don't think Shaman King is, like, heralded as one of the best of the shonen genre. It's definitely considered, in some ways, a cult classic. It definitely had that vibe mm -hmm. to it. And as we know here in America, it aired on 4Kids, which is really not a strong platform for anime in America. You know, they, they kind of are considered terrible when it comes to anime dumbing and have gone out of business. At the, I don't think that they exist anymore, if I remember correctly. I just thought, yeah, I I'm pretty sure they're completely defunct now. So, you know, that's the only experience that a lot of American kids, uh, a, a lot of American anime audiences have to Shaman King was the original, was the, the dub that aired on, you know, Saturday mornings, which is a pretty unique experience to think about. Because if you know anything about the original story, about the manga, um, or about even the original dub of the show, the you know, the Japanese version of the show. The series is a little bit darker than 4Kids handled it. Um, and they actually, I think, cut out full episodes, if I'm remembering correctly. Episodes they didn't feel were, were rightful for, you know, American audiences, whatever, whatever. But this, this wow. reboot definitely provides us an opportunity. I can't imagine uh, anything but, like, Funimation most likely getting their hands on Shaman King when it comes to the dub. And then most likely wow. we'll be getting, uh, I would assume, a simulcast of it. When it starts airing, probably through Crunchyroll or Funimation, Hulu, or Amazon, one of those sites, maybe Netflix. Um, uh, if but, it comes to Netflix, that means we won't get it till the end of the season. Yeah, which is always frustrating a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that I'm uh, I'm excited for this because I think that it'll give us all an opportunity to revisit Shaman King, but also give us an opportunity to like learn about Shaman King because most of us probably didn't take the time to look at the manga at all i know i only have brief uh brief memories of reading through parts of it but overall you know this is an opportunity for us to for another generation to get their hands on shaman king it's kind of like what happened and tibbs i don't know if you've watched the show either have you watched hunter hunter 
Um, I've watched the new version. Oh, you did watch the 2011 Hunter Hunter. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, I've watched the 2011 version. Okay. Right. Cool, cool. So I imagine that this this Shaman King experience is going to be similar. That's my that's my guess. Mm. So they're saying that this is going to be you know Shaman King Brotherhood. This is going to be Hunter Hunter 11 2011. Uh, this is a full blown. They're going to adapt the entire series beginning to end uh, as a brand new anime series coming out. I'm not sure what studio is attached to it yet. I don't know if they announced that, uh, but it should be out by 2021, so sometime next year. So this is the main. This yeah, is just uh, the, April. Oh, April! You found the date. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, th- is there a studio on there? Do you see anything? Because I don't think I remember. No, I, I was about to ask you if you've seen because I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. It just says Shaman King will premiere in April 2021, but there's I don't see any other information. Yeah, I think so. that's pretty much all we've got. I think that for now we just know it's coming back. It's going to be a full reboot. It's going to be the whole series, and it's going to be uh, done right this time, and it's going to be. Uh, you know, with a whole new studio. So we don't know what it's going to look like, really. We haven't had any key visuals released, anything like that, which is very interesting. Overall, I'm excited. I'm just excited for it, is what I would say. I'm surprised. I already saw uh, companies that are putting out new statues of Shaman King characters, literally on pre-order already for later this year. They're releasing brand new statues. And I'm not surprised they're prepping. I'm sure they're prepping for something similar to what happened with Hunter, right? Hunter, prior to 2011 was a pretty niche anime. You know, it was not it was not yeah. a mainstream shonen. As much as it did run in Shonen Jump and was made by the guy who made Yu Hakusho, by no means was it like one of the the big shonen, right? Kenny and you know, Kenny, what's your like take on that? Well, I mean like uh, I I remember cuz I liked it whenever it was in manga form. It was just just before he went on hiatus, right? And Kamara Ant was not even, I don't even think it was halfway done. We hadn't, you know, a lot of very important parts of that hadn't occurred. And so, like, it wasn't it wasn't popular. There weren't, like, you couldn't find other fans of it. And at that time, I was such a big fan of it. And it, like, whenever that 2011 anime came out and it really adapted the show, at the manga as I saw it, you know, mm-hmm. it was really, like, a, a really good opportunity. And I'm excited about Shaman King. I think that Shaman King is one of my favorite young kid mangas uh, mm-hmm. I, it's just uh, it's just like a digimon a digimon just came back with a whole new reboot oh yeah Tim's even though it, that's, reboot? that's a whole new story yeah we've, I, we've been watching it me and my roommates have been watching that every yes. week but i love it shaman so king has me excited i think that you know i think that you know disney hit on that everybody loves nostalgia and so they're like well let's just let's just reboot old good animes i wouldn't be surprised if we get a new yu yu Hakusho or a new you know yo i mean fuck, it's tough it's tough with Hakusho because it adapted the manga word for word beginning to end. There's yeah. almost no filler, and they, they adapted the ending. The, the anime was lucky enough that it ended like right after the manga ended. So the anime and the manga have the same ending, which is kind of like good on, you know, it just wasn't done very often in that time, but Hakusho is one of those lucky shows. So I don't know if they'll, it'd be cool to see a reboot, just like we just got, you know, we just got Saint Seiya as a reboot, which is like, yeah. Was weird. I, don't I mean, there's the Sailor it, Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, it's we're, definitely you know, some shows definitely are getting awesome. rebooted. I mean, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it's we're exciting. definitely living in this age where that people are going. Oh, it'd be cool to do this show, or or even like Banana Fish and JoJo's. Like both those are mangas from the '80s that are finally getting right. their just you know their moment to shine, where they're they're getting turned into full blown anime adaptations. Those are two that came to mind just because obviously we talked about Banana right. Fish last week, but. Um, with JoJo's as well. It's like, I would have never imagined I would ever see JoJo's Bizarre Adventure merch at Hot Topic 
when I was in middle school and I first got showed JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You know what I mean? Like, right. I remember when I first read like a, a manga volume of it, thinking like this is weird, and then watching like parts of the OVA, I was like, no way will I ever see that as like a mainstream American show. And now five seasons into like the full adaptation they've been doing, and it's you can't even walk into like Hot Topic, GameStop. You can't walk into those places without seeing some sort of JoJo's t-shirt, JoJo's bag, JoJo's figure, something along those lines. So it's it's everywhere now, just like Hunter Hunter was the same way, you know. In middle school, yeah. I had two volumes. We have two volumes of Hunter Hunter, Kenny. I still have them. And um, yeah. I remember reading those in middle school and, like, lending them out to my friends in middle school. And they're like, this is a weird show. Because uh, that's when we first watched the old anime, the original anime, um, right. on, on Crunchyroll. weird. And- yeah. <laughs> we watched that anime... Like- on Crunchyroll before Crunchyroll was legal. It was back when it was illegal. That's when we watched it on Crunchyroll. <laughs> I remember getting the uh, the Fushigi Yugi DVDs from Netflix, yes. bro. That was That's one of those. So I remember we stayed up all night because we had, we ordered like four of the DVDs for Fushigi Yugi. So we just stayed up all night and watched Fushigi Yugi. Right. And then we woke up and we it was like, well, we didn't wake up, but we got done and it was like seven in the morning. And mm-hmm. dad had gone to work already. And we walked out to the park and walked around because it was like, whoa, like we just stayed up all night. She like, you like, baby. Yeah. Oh, I, me. The only time, home, it's so weird that I have not like captured that feeling again until when I was in grad school or maybe when I was an undergrad and Alyssa and I, uh, my wife and I, we watched all of Haikyuu the first season in one sitting and we stayed up the entire night watching it. And we actually like until the sun came out the next morning and I'm like, that was like, that's what I missed about anime, right? Like. Being able to just, like, stay up all night and just, like, watch a show and, like, be so invested in it and then be like, oh, my God, like, I love that. Demon Slayer did that to me. Uh, Haikyuu did that to me. Some of the new shows are starting to feel like that again, right, where it's like mm-hmm. you just want to invest in it. Um, but, yeah, the main thing is Shaman King and reboots. I think that reboots are helpful in some ways because it shows a new generation such – like, David, for you, like, you know, you never watched the OG Shaman King. So you think you'll no, watch I have the it. new one? I'm – yeah, I'm excited. I definitely will watch it. I think, because like a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. I would. What was that? Not Jump uh, Force. Oh, Jump like Ultimate the Force? the one Jump on uh, the one on the DS. So, yeah, Jump Ultimate Stars. Yeah, Ultimate I think Stars. there was a Shaman King character in that game. You can play as. And yeah. that was the first time I ever saw that character. I was like, oh, this character looks cool. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of Shaman King here and there, but I've obviously watched it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say something that I, I thought of while we were having this discussion. Mm-hmm. And kind of like the main idea behind this podcast is that, you know, we're talking about how big a deal it is for animation to be as successful as they are. They like carry series like mm-hmm. with Hunter mm-hmm. Hunter. It's animation is beautiful. It's music is beautiful. It oh, knocks yeah. it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And before the 2011 adaptation, you know, manga alone, Hunter Hunter, according to this, is one of the best selling manga of all time. Mm-hmm. But Western audiences most likely have never heard of it. So yeah. it's good to to give, you know, manga that have, you know, earned the right to be as successful as they are to give a, a new audience. So I'm I'm excited for Shaman. Yeah. Right. You gotta think about like uh Kochikame, like one of the it is the longest running manga of all time. Like well yep. there isn't a good it was the longest anime. running manga of all time. It, it's right. Only, yeah. Well, I know. Whatever, it, whatever it's finished, I think I think it's still technically the longest serialized. Though, right? It is, yeah. Dory, um, I'll, I'll fact check. But I'm pretty sure Coach Kame like, is still the longest, but you could be. Un- it's un- not check it, David. 
you know, Western audiences don't even know. They're like, what? What is it called? Coach Akame? What's it about? Who's the main character? I've never heard of that. And you're like, this is maybe one of the biggest mangas of all time, you know? Yeah, they have a statue for the main character of Coach Akame in Japan. And that's one of those things that's like, it's a shonen staple. You know, it's a part of the shonen genre forever and always because it ran for so long. And I think that you, yeah, as an Ameri- as a Western fan of shonen manga, most likely that series is Dragon Ball to you, right? Like, it's not Kochikame like it is to them. Or even, like, when you go in Japan and you think about anime, you can see all sorts of notes that, like, Sazai-san and uh, Doraemon are m- much more popular yeah. characters from anime. You know, those are... when. When you ask someone who's maybe not a fan of anime, because it's the same, you know, in Japan and in the West, there are people that are fans of anime in Japan. You don't just, like, walk into Japan, like, everyone loves anime. That's not how it happens. Uh, But, uh, you know, they know Doraemon, and they, I know, right, (laughs) and they know Sazai-san, and then Kochikame is, like, on that level of of iconic type of charactering. And, And they know Goku, you know, like, Goku is still a very worldwide popular character. There's no denying that. And, uh... Absolutely. But, you know, you see that. But, yeah, it's it's great. David, you made a great point about it's time to give some of these series that were iconic the the reputation they deserve. Hunter Hunter, I'm so surprised we got Hunter Hunter Funko Pops this year because I never thought that Hunter Hunter was going to be popular enough in the West for uh, Funko to ever say, like, oh, yeah, I want to create uh, figures of that series. I would have never imagined that that would be a thing. And so it's been really cool to see that come about, that we have Hunter Hunter Funko Pops. Who knows what's going to come next after that? You know, maybe we finally get JoJo's Bizarre Adventure ones. I'd be blown away. Maybe we'll get Shaman. Wait, are there not JoJo Funko Pops? Nope, they never done. There's a lot of anime that are. That's crazy. Yeah, there are a lot of anime that are are not, ad- and it's because of their popularity in the West. I mean, when you boil it down to it, like, what are the popular animes in the West, right? Like, I don't know. There's there's a there's a pretty short My Hero list. Academia. Yeah, My Hero now surprisingly Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan. Um, you know, those are the ones that people in America the animation. Are watching those are the ones that people yeah. in America are tuning into, and I think that this is going to be a weird moment where like Shaman King might, if done right, it might have its moment, which will be super cool because a lot of us have some nostalgia for it. I know I do, Kenny. I'm sure you do too because we watched it as kids. Um, and I used to, I used to like draw Yo, like I have like doodles of Yo when I was younger because I loved him. And uh, Jesus, I forget his little spirit guy's name. I, I'm uh, something uh. like that. I don't remember. But it's like Asa something or Amateur something. His name, <laughs> um, his name is Asakura, right? Asakura. Yo Asakura. Oh well, shoot, it's Yo. That's Yo Asakura. Yeah, that is his name. Uh, yeah. I know that he like he like shouts his name whenever he puts yeah. it in his arm. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm a I'm a something. <laughs> Dude, well, but I, don't yeah. know, I remember. I'm so hyped Shaman for Shaman King. King. Shaman King was around that time that we were watching like Mare and like Hikaru no mm. like. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! I just had a wave in a. <laughs> isn't that a weird is that a weird memory? that's when uh do y'all remember that came out when toonami thought that they were going to start their own uh like streaming yeah their platform. own like web service yeah, yeah. yeah their own toonami yeah. jet stream i think it was called uh, yeah <laughs> and it was it was lit it was they it was were getting right. that was way the fact that that existed like way before all the other and then you know three years later now it became like the big thing to put anime online like that that was way ahead of its time, uh, and that's crazy. Also, uh, Mare's an isekai. Mare is an isekai. It's, it's an old it isekai, but it is 100. Yeah. He also plays. I, I like. I man, I enjoyed. You Mare remember so Mare? Much. 
<laughs> yeah, I Mare was one of the anime. It was like it was like four or five anime. Mm-hmm. And Mare was the one that I watched and was obsessed with. Troy, yeah. I remember, was obsessed with Hikaru no Go. Yeah, oh yeah. Mare and Hikaru no Go are the only two I remember from that period. Oh, Prince of Tennis was on that service. Yeah. And yeah. um I think there was another one. And I'm not remembering. I feel like it would have been the one that nobody watched or something. Oh, maybe Blue Dragon was on there too. I think the Blue Dragon anime was on there. Um I remember. I think it was Blue Dragon, and I think it was... There may have been one other one. But beside the point, that was a weird time in life. And yes, that is the Shaman yeah. King period. And the Zatch Bell. I've been wanting to rewatch Zatch Bell Zatch too, Bell. David. Zatch hey, Bell, Zatch is, Bell is, is pretty fun. That, that, shit, pretty that shit was prime, low-key. Like, it was kind of prime. It was. Mm. Especially because it reminds me so much of the Fate series. And I never, like, was able to detach that. Like, Fate Stay Night and Zatch Bell. It was like, same same show. It's the same show. This is just monsters. They just summon them and they fight with them. It's the same show. Yeah. Fate's oh, yeah, Night, Zatch Bell. Better as, the resident, as the resident fate weeb here, um, <laughs> we got to do some fate one of these days. We, I'm going to watch it. We did. I think Unlimited Blade works out of all of them. I think I watched like the very watch. first Fate Stay Night. Me too. I think I've and only seen Stay Night. And that's all I've seen. Hey, so man. I want to read it. You want to hear a weird, a weird thing from the, uh, the visual novels that isn't present in the anime is that to transfer mana more efficiently, they fuck. Um, at, at like near the end when hey, the I heard that's battle, pretty effective. So yeah, in in the before the final battle, like you have to have and, sex with uh, all fifteen sabers in order to progress. All yeah, thirty-seven you sabers. Fuck, you gotta fuck all the sabers. Bro. Every saber that exists in the world. There's so many Come sabers, on. but they're not the same saber. They're not the same saber. One they is one is King Arthur, right? One's King Arthur. They're all different sabers. <laughs> one's King that's Arthur. Okay. I feel like one what you're is, saying is. Just random garbage, but it's oh, probably accurate it's, to what, what the plot it, of Fate it, it, is. It, 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 it is random garbage, but it is accurate. It's sad. Yeah, oh. that's a show it's we we might have to do a whole episode on Fate, where David and I watch as much as we can and then come back and report back because I've All heard twenty just, series. It's a clusterfuck when it comes down to it. So like, well, it's um, because the original the original Fate like visual novel type game has three different paths and only the first one is the first path which is the fate stay night where you mm. get to a relationship with saber and then unlimited blade works the second path which just recently came out and finally heaven's feel is being made into three new movies right i think two of them are out now but then there's so many like uh fate alter or uh fate extra or fate you know which are just more characters adapted in different scenarios that saber are- in all of them Yes. Mm, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think one has and like four different sabers, David. No. Well, yeah, yeah. So because saber is just a class, and saber our yes. main character is Arthur Pendragon. But yes. often there are like three or four other ones. That, she's like Ramses as well because they There's all like a bunch that like the... look like Arthur Pendragon though. So correct. But they're like different colors or different outfits or yeah. you know. It's pretty weird. Or they're that sounds yeah. like a wild ride. Yeah, we'll have to talk it's... about that's. Definitely on yeah. our queue. Future okay. content listeners, get, get, get excited for <laughs> Fate, Fate Stay, Night Stay Fate Stay Confusion. That's what episode I'm question mark because yeah. we don't know. Actually, yet. we yeah. should all just play the visual novel. And Jesus then... Christ! I don't even. Think, <laughs> I don't think I could stomach it, but I might. I we might could play it really. together. Can you play can it online? Somewhat, can I get it on like Steam? I'm pretty. It's yeah. I don't think you can get it on Steam. Oh okay. Well, <laughs> it can still be obtained. Oh. <laughs> You can get it. We'll, we'll figure this out. We'll figure this yes. out. Okay, so Shaman King coming back in April. I think that's exciting news. Another Shonen series revived mm-hmm. from the dead, uh, given its moment to shine. I'm excited to see where it goes. 
I hope that uh, we have some time to talk about it in the future because I, I do love the series when I was younger and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with the new version. So I think it's time, boys, to go ahead and jump in to our first series of the night, which is one that we all were able to enjoy this year. I think that I was just drawn to it for a different... I think everyone's drawn to it for different reasons, but that is right. um, Beastars. A, a big studio Zootopia. <laughs> a big Beastars, right? So for those of you who haven't Zootopia heard of it... Zootopia by Disney. It is available on Netflix. It is available on Netflix in the United States. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, but Kenny, go ahead and give us our... our can you give us our synopsis? Yeah, so what Beastars about, Kenny? Beastars is about animals uh, in school life, basically. I mean, that's the simplest yeah, it's thing. Animals? It's about beasts. It's about beasts. <laughs> that would be stars. And uh, basically, our main character is Lugosi. He's a wolf. And he obviously has primal instincts where he wants to hunt other uh, animals that are, are prey. Just like in Zootopia, they have that dumb, like, oh, well, you know, some people are prey and some people are predators. And so... Uh, Lugosi doesn't is a nice, considerate, you know, loving wolf, and he actively wants to go against his interior nature and his instincts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's it. And he goes to school, and he sort of, you know, spoilers for B stars, obviously, but he like falls in love with this rabbit, and then you know, just some different things occur. He's a uh, he's like a stagehand. That's yes. the club he's in. He's a stagehand for like the theater club. Um, and he's just sort of this soft-spoken, but he's one of the biggest predators there are. He's this big fucking wolf, like, mm-hmm. and he like he grows throughout the show too, which is is cool to see. He actually gets bigger and bigger as he because he's in high school, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a full-grown wolf yet, you know. So I mean, that's the basis of what these stars is, right? Um, we can talk about some different. Yeah, things. David, really, what you, what was your initial uh, yeah. or both of you? What was y'all's initial like? Yeah, thought go now, Kenny. I don't know if you had any any. You, were you exposed to it before it became an anime? Yeah, I read the manga, but long before it got adapted, or like after you heard it was getting adapted, or after it came out. Semi long, not like terror. Like probably about six months before okay. I read it. I, I read to where the anime stopped. I read slightly after. And so, Tim, did you have prior exposure? No, so I heard of Beastars probably how the majority of people heard it. It was just, it was Netflix's next big, you know, popular anime. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been wanting to start it for a while. Then about a month after thinking about it, I did. Then I hooked. Yep. That's pretty accurate. And yeah, same for me, which is weird. Like, I didn't hear about it until Kenny... Kenny saw it suggested on Netflix and was like, we need to watch that. And I was like, absolutely not. That looks ridiculous. And then finally, I, I yeah, I was like, this looks stupid. Uh, and then finally, I sat down one day and I said, let's just watch it. And my wife and I marathoned it very quickly. We were sucked in. We really, really liked it. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, let's start kind of tearing apart. I think the biggest uh, thing that's... Oh, Kenny? The first thing I'd like to talk about, I think, is that... I hate CGI animation. I think it ruined the new Berserk it. show. Um, and I think that this is the very first time I ever felt really happy with the way that the animation mm-hmm. worked and looked in this show. I thought it was awesome. I thought that maybe it's because they're not human, you know, and you don't have to do like a uh, face is hard and CG and things like that. And because they're animals, you sort of, you're like, oh, it's just an animal. 
but even in like the animation choices, I love the scenes where they just show the picture of their face, where it's Lugosi's face, and a scene is occurring, and you're inside his head, and they're conversating in front of you, mm-hmm. and he, he it, which is I think a really cool. I, I think that a lot of the art direction in this show is very cool and mm-hmm. very well done, and yeah. I think that for art the first agree. time, I didn't hate CGI animation. I don't know how you guys right. feel about it. No, yeah, I actually kidding. I think that is the that's the intro statement, right? I think the big turnoff when someone pulls on B stars or looks at it in their queue or looks at it, sees it on Netflix is they're going to be turned away by the style, right? They they're going to see that CGI and they're going to say, yeah. "Ee, why do they do that?" And Netflix is pretty notorious for choosing CGI anime as their like some of their mainstream stuff, right? They've done Saint Seiya, Knights of Sidonia, Ajin. There's a couple others that Ajin. have been. All, uh, was Berserk a Netflix one or no? No, it was on Crunchyroll, but okay. it was bad. Un- but it was also un- CGI, It was so right? bad. And they did another recent CGI show that was like a popular show that got adapted and was like not well done. But CGI does not work in like 90% of the situations as a full-blown animation choice. And I think for the first time ever, Kenny, I fully agree with you. I was not off-put by it, and even more so, I think that it improved upon some of the manga panels in some way. The CGI actually made me like the scene setting and the the appearance of the panels more, which surprised me because I've never had that experience with a CGI anime yet. And so I give Beastars so much props for finally nailing... Uh, the only other show that I want to say I, I watched and I enjoyed the show was Ajin. Did you guys watch that? No, I didn't. No. It's also Netflix, and it's uh, CGI animated also. I also didn't mind it as much because there was sort of a creature aspect to it and had sort of this dark and foreboding feel. They did a pretty good job with it. I still think it was a little bit off-putting, but it was manageable for Ajin, in my opinion. But Beastars was more than manageable. It was, I think it sets the standard for what CGI animation can look like for anime from this point forward. Uh, David, what do you think about the animation? So the, the, the animation specifically, I really enjoyed it. I As far as like 2D and cgi animation i haven't seen a lot of cgi animations that were awful for me to have like you know the opinion of, oh these are bad mm-hmm. but it was definitely the first thing i noticed because usually with watching primarily 2d mm-hmm. and seeing it, it it wasn't difficult to see i thought it was it wasn't choppy there were moments when it's like kind of done like the animation slow but i feel like that was more of like a stylistic choice mm-hmm. rather than it being like a GI software that ever mm-hmm. and moments where it is you know a quicker pace like near the end when Goshi is fighting and yeah <laughs> badass panda holy shit the that, panda the, oh the panda I'm just a buff panda I'm just a buff panda but no like seeing that whole like fight sequence in in CGI it was like fluid it was it was beautiful and when he goes like feral and he's running all over the place, it's probably the peak of animation for the entire show. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I uh, think during the, that part, the two fight scenes—the one where the the theater one where Lugosi's mm. fighting Bill. Oh, oh, and yeah, then yeah. Whenever, whenever he goes and he fights that final tiger and he he breathes in and he's like, it just does something to my muscles or whatever. And and then I think that those are so kinetic, and I don't think that you could have done that. With standard animation, I don't right. think that that sort yeah. of because it's it is 
even they're animals, it's very human in the way that they move. Right. Mm, it looks yeah. real, which is, I think, something that maybe only CGI can do. Right. So I think it's time to talk about the story because I think what blew me away about this show is that it did something storyline-wise that I'm not going to say that it hasn't been done before, right? Because in some ways, Zootopia did the exact same thing, yeah. So it's hard to like, right? Yeah, it's hard to like, uh, you know, not do, equate that. And I'm sure there are other stories that have utilized that have taken this concept of. Uh, whether it's race or whether it's um, other human characteristics and then have essentially cast them onto animals or onto another another thing and then let us experience a very realistic, very human experience through the eyes of something that was not human. And I think that that is something the show uh, really did masterfully, which I was not expecting. Obviously, I went into it with actually like pretty low expectations. And uh, I think I was blown away by the fact that it just it nailed it every step of the way from dialogue to uh, story progression to pacing. It, this is the type of show that didn't uh, pull any punches, right? Yeah. So they, they took the time to actually flesh out all of the manga chapters they adapted. They took the time to really give us the moments with each of these characters. And I really got to give a credit to the author of the manga because I did some research in the manga, the anime are almost word for word, right? There's not a lot of adjustment as far as I know. And so it's pretty, it's a pretty accurate adaptation right to the end. So it clearly sets up for a season two, which has already been confirmed. And uh, they pretty much just set it up like, here, we're going to adapt this amount of story. And I think that the, the whoever the animation director is that said, here's the chunk we're going to do for season one, really picked a great chunk of story because oh, uh, yeah. it, it feels like a complete, if season one was all we ever had, I think people could watch season one and be satisfied. It was a satisfying, yeah. comfortable ending. It felt like we were, we progressed well. We had a lot of character progression and uh, you, it really sits with you. But, again, the thing that really astounds me is the theming, right? So we have this theming of... I'm not saying that it was a direct comparison to race, which is what Zootopia did. But it did give us some some idea of, like, stereotyping um, when it comes to prejudice and injustice. I mean, even involving, uh, like, the... What was it? He was, like, the mayor, the lion that was, like, the mayor. Yep. Yeah. That, like, had his hands, like, in the the local mafia-type dealings that that sort of stuff was very human it was very real uh but it was just cast on to animals to try to i think to try to lighten that mood but then also to be able to say like look at these themes that we're able to draw out and uh relate back to us as audience members which is the the core word for the description of the story to me is relatable right we've all been to high school We've all experienced high school. We've all been a part of something, a club, a group, maybe felt outcast, maybe dealt with this this experience and had to follow through and get through it and still be strong or still be uh, true to self. And that's what both of our main characters, Legoshi and I'm forgetting the bunny girl's name. Haru. Haru. Legoshi and, and Haru. I think that those are your those are your two um your two sides of that coin, right? They're both experiencing prejudice and outcastness in different manners as different sides of of the coin right you know legacy's a a cannibal and era is that what they call they call them cannibals right the, uh, predators uh, predators Car yeah carnivores carnivores thank you so he's a carnivore he has these specific things cast onto him and then she's a bunny you know she is a just uh, herbivore she's weak she's easy to play with easy to play with um easy to mess with um she can be bullied so far you know so those are your two sides of that but they're both experiencing similar emotions and similar experiences so i gotta give it to b stars for knocking my socks off because i went into it with a super low expectations 
and walked out of it going, damn, like that was a really well crafted storyline. It wasn't particularly was- groundbreaking, but it was well crafted, is the word I would use. Yeah. And I really liked the. Uh, there's the scene where they're in the cafeteria eating with each other. Oh, yeah. And she has the natural. The- she's like, every time he opens his mouth, I have this natural instinct to run. And that's almost like. Is that when she's like tapping her foot too? Like the. Yeah, because yeah. she's like. She's yeah. like, she's she's like really antsy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in real life as humans, we have innate biases within mm. ourselves. And I think that showing it as a as a innate instinct and something mm. that she slowly tries to, you know, like get over. I mean, obviously mm. it doesn't happen within the show because like there's more story there. But the scene where they're they're in the, the love hotel and she tries to get eaten and you know, it's like there, there are these things that are innate, and we have to work to be able to be better as, as humans, as, as animals, you know? Just Absolutely. like Legacy, who has this primal instinct to want to eat, mm-hmm. but he, he, as, a, as a being, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to feel that way. And I think that his struggle is very, it's very real. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's very human for him being a wolf, um, I think. And yeah. also, uh, the music is great. Music. I know that we we've been opening, talking. I feel like every week we have we are we gush the, over the music, guys. But the music so is actually good. actually good. Is top tier, boys. Holy crap! Oh yeah, that the the sweet piano coming in. Dun, 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 dun. The oh, intro oh, with man. them it, dancing. I love the intro where they're dancing, dude. Like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. Dude. So and. Dope. The intro is really, really cool, more so for the theme because it shows the constant struggle that Lagoshi faces. Because, because like we've like Kenny has mentioned, you know, Lagoshi he's a wolf, and I don't know if it's like a Western thing, but we we have like qualities that we put on to certain animals, like wolves are sly, cunning, they're deceitful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, bunnies like the fuck, yeah, and. Uh-huh. And um, apparently, and in the story, Lagoshi isn't that at all. He's very caring. He's genuine. He is very shy. He doesn't like to be in the limelight or like put, to put on stage, even though that literally does happen. In the show, um, and he, a large part of the show, he's constantly having these internal monologues about like, you know, why was I born this way? Like, I don't want to be what everyone sees me as. Like, I just want to be me. And like we've all said already too, is that it's very relatable because I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's had that type of conversation with themselves. It's like, you know, I don't want to be this way. I, I don't want to be what people see me as. I, I just want to be me without judge. Mm-hmm. So, so the, yeah. So Beastars has some pretty hard, heavy hitting themes, which I mean, made me really probably made me enjoy it the most because of that, of having those relatable. And especially like in today's day and age, like won't get into that specifically because you know we're in podcast, but mm-hmm. it's perfect timing because it's continuing those conversations of you know yeah. racial right. biases and mm-hmm. all those other types of assumptions and, and prejudices towards people. I do yeah. like in like in Zootopia, it's just a predator or prey, and that's the racial divide. And I think that in this show, it's very clear like different animals in particular are treated differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Wolves in particular are treated very badly. And, you know, like 
they're they're thought of in a particular way. Whenever other, some predators like like he has the friend that's a dog, who is just like you know people are are normal around him, right? You know, mm-hmm. he even though he's he's also a predator, uh, just because Lugosi is a, is a wolf and Lugosi is a semi imposing wolf, like he's a yeah. he's a big wolf. Um, yeah, I like I the dog. The, Jack is the name of Jack. the dog. Yeah, I like Jack, the dog. The Labrador. Very cool. Kid. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever he finds the whenever he finds the rabbit porn, bro, he's like, <laughs> Oh my what? god! I was like, I don't know my friend anymore. I was like, bro, that's exactly what happens, right? No, I think there's a couple cool things I have to I have to also get. I hate that we're just singing B stars praises. We have to be. I'm gonna try to be a little critical of it, but genuinely, I did right. love. We'll this play show. devil's advocate. We here. did love this show. I think all three of us probably really enjoyed yeah. it. So it's kind of tough for us to break it down because it really is well-crafted. And one thing that I did not expect, and maybe you guys did, but I fully expected the show to ignore certain aspects of the world. Like, I didn't uh, expect um, eating in the world to ever be a component. Like, in the first couple episodes, I didn't expect that to even come up. Like, I thought they were just going to pretend like, you know, obviously they eat. We're not going to go into much detail. But then when they actually got to the cafeteria and they explained, like, what they eat and how they eat, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, they, they serve vegetables to, to yeah, 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 like, I was like, this is a really interesting thing to tear out, and then the black market got introduced, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I was like, they're, when they're they not, got, whenever they did the guy's fingers, that yes. was such a chilling, oh my god, you know, yeah, sure. you want to eat my fingers, um, that's, Bill I was remember. like, <laughs> Bill was like, only a hundred for a finger, he was like, yeah, oh my god, god. So bad. What a deal, oh, Bill. Oh, fucking no. Bill. Dude, that guy's fucking a mess. Tigers. That guy's a mess, dude. His little blood. Well, Gunson needs to open his mouth. Oh. Um, just like, just a bite, man. Just nibble. Bro, Bill is something else. He got problems. <laughs> but I, I really like that. I didn't expect the story to even delve into it. I thought it was going to ignore that to maybe to focus more on the high school drama aspect. But I'm really happy that the world influence the plot as well the world that they were in the fact that they were animals wasn't just overlooked it wasn't just it's not just a placeholder right it's not just for us to go like oh they're animals it's for us to actually see like oh this is a world that is fully fleshed out that is filled with with humanoid animals right this is an actual animal world uh what does that look like i thought that was so cool i was like god that's i'm so happy they did that what kenny I really loved uh, Rui's arc. I think that Rui is definitely one of the one of the best, most Wait, fully fleshed dear out guy? characters. Dear yeah. guy. Okay, I, I, the I, subs don't they sub him as Luis? I think. Yeah. And I know it's oh, RL. Really? It's like an RL thing. Like you know how in Japan R's and L's they never know. Like I think that right. I think the Netflix sub Rui put him as. Uh, did they do Rui? Rui is his name. I mean, okay, so I think that the I think this I, is Hiragana. It says. Yeah, I think That's that the, either the sub or the Back. or the manga or something. One of the translations switches it to Luis instead Luis? of Luis, wow. like Luis L U I S instead of. Yeah, right. I think I yeah. think the the English version just dubs him as Luis. Yeah, Luis uh, instead of Rui, so. which Rui makes sense to me too. I think that's still a pretty common Japanese name, but uh, I right. think that it's. I mean, Legacy also had some translation issues. So I think I've seen Legacy. Like with a C I at the end, and then I've seen Lego She okay. with like an S H Y. Um yeah, so I don't know it, what's it's it's S H I. Lego She. I think yeah. I also saw one that said Rego She with an R. So yeah, Wikipedia like, has yeah, Rego She. Yeah, see, so I was like, that's one of those a lot of these names kind of got lost in translation, which is unfortunate. Um, because I'm not I'm not Jack, sure. Jack is Jacku. 
Jack. Well, that uh, that's probably Jack, Jack. I feel like there's not much. Jack's probably right. Jack <laughs> Jerry are two Jack. Jack. I, I, I do love that uh, different animals have different names too. I think that like that's a just like in Attack on Titan, for instance. Like oh yeah, yeah. different characters from different regions are named differently because mm-hmm. they're different ethnic backgrounds. Right? right. Okay. So what was um, your comment about about Luis about Rui? Rui is he just has such a fully fleshed out arc. The fact that he was. He couldn't speak, you know. He was a he was a product, and the fact Yo. that he still has his, his brand on his foot. Obviously, spoilers right. for B stars, but that that when they right. revealed that in the back half of the show, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, and I never like, I was like, God damn, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this character's a piece of shit, and then of course, like piece of shit characters, you you make them human, you show yeah. like why they're a piece of shit, and then you're like, right. it makes you're like, sense, yeah, you're like, you, you love him. and then he kind of had a redemption back in the back half too. Yeah. And did he die, or do you I, think he's still out? I think he died. I don't. Really? I'm so I'm like heartstruck on it because I I think my instinct wants to say that killing him off, choosing his death as the end of the season one, is an intentional choice by the animation team uh, because obviously the manga has gone farther and we they, they know whether he's alive or not. I think there's. Right. I think that he's dead because I think it would take away maybe from some of the impact of. Like they chose that intentionally as an ending, I think. Um, that's my that's what my brain's telling me. But I also am like, it's anime, so he maybe could still be alive, and like we're gonna have right. like a a moment True. where he's like he's like chained up in like the the lion place. They're like, tell us who that wolf is or some shit, and he's gonna be like, never, well, you know, like I don't know. That's my. I, th- I mean, he, here's in that situation, he still had a gun, right? He easily could have killed those lions. Like, I yeah, I mean, it was just him and, like, against three other lions? Yeah, I mean, two, two lions, I think. Or two, yeah. yeah. After, after their whole organization had been torn down by the panda. Like, it also maybe yeah, I'm thinking panda. potentially the I also said this to Alyssa when we were done. Maybe the panda, gra- like, got him on his way out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I could see the next season picking up and, you know, Ru- Luis is, damn it, very hurt, but, like, resting at the panda's place. Like, he's taking care of him or something. I, think I do think be, that... I think that Rui and Legoshi didn't have a full final confrontation. And I think that that, that still needs to happen. And e- even if it means that it's Legoshi coming to terms with the fact that Rui did die. Mm. But I think that a final confrontation between those two characters hadn't occurred yet. I think yeah, we, had I just, we had fully fleshed out Rui by that point. And I think that finally we can have their two different ideologies clash against each other. Right. Um, even though, you know, we ended the season, obviously. I am curious. What do you guys think about, like, okay, so the first half of the show, the antagonist is kind of a mixture between Luis and Bill, right? Yeah. And then in the back half, it kind of shifts in that, like, Luis and Legoshi start to kind of get along. Um, Bill maintains sort of like this, I don't know what to call him, like, antagonist-type role, but he's really not the main antagonist by any means. And then it just randomly just shifts to, like, the Lion Mafia, and I remember kind of being well, a little. It was a, that was a little bit of like a jarring shift because it introduced like the political side of it, and it introduced like okay, there's more at play. And I was trying to because I was like, Lego, she's not really, or at least going into it, I was like, he's not really a fighter, is he? And then he like kicked ass, and I was like, I guess he is kind of a fighter. He's strong, <laughs> like he is a strong gray wolf. Like uh, you right. know, when push comes to shove, he is that huge imposing character. Right. Even if he and he uses his power for for good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, that, I, I, oh David, I was just gonna yeah. say that I think it could probably be like gotten away with because you can like make the argument 
animals in a instinct fight to run away mm. or whatever. Right. So, and I mean, a lot of what he was doing was just like clawing and biting. So, right. you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. That's true. And I, I think it's kind of a cool shift though, because I do have to remember that I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think this is a shonen. I think this runs in a shonen manga, if I'm remembering correctly. It yeah, might even run in a, it might run in a seinen. But it's I believe, a weekly shonen champion. Okay, yeah, it, it is targeted at, at a male audience, so I, I guess I'm not, I wasn't surprised that there was action at some point, but I think that I, I was kind of more, oddly enough, I was more invested in, like, the emotional battles that was happening between the characters. Like, I really enjoyed, like, Same. Haru and Legoshi's, like, back and forth. I thought that Luis being involved and also fucking Haru, which I'm like, damn, that bunny really does get around. <laughs> um, I was like, "Oh, damn! She fucks like that's what buddies are known for." <laughs> yeah, I remember she, you know, her whole thing was that for the first time people looked at her normally whenever yeah. they were having sex with her. But I do whenever say, they were were vulnerable, you know. Yeah, I think the one thing. That, so the one critique I do have for the show is I think that it's it's going to have to in season two especially learn how to balance the action orientation of it with the emotional drama. Cause I think that that was the one thing is that the shift was a bit jarring, um, in the back half. And I think that it, it, it was kind of sudden. Yeah. It felt just a little, I, I, not it, again. I think the show is really well done, but I think that's one of the few things. And I think this is, uh, and the anime actually think I managed, managed it a little bit well by intertwining some of that darker action early, you know, when you get the moment with the, where they go to the black market the first time he meets the panda the yep. first time. Um, even the way that it was animated with the stage fight between Bill and, you know, there was, it, 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 it was giving us that tension. So I don't think it was too bad, but I do think that there was a bit of a, uh, there's a bit of an argument to be made that the story progressed a little bit quickly in the back end to give us that, that like Luis death yeah. scene. I think that, I think that the, the anime wanted us to get there yeah, and they paced everything so well in the front like half that they had to rush a bit in the back. But that's all it was. I think maybe they rushed a bit in the back, but it, not by much. That's yeah. my thought. What do you yeah. guys think? And I think, like, the, the stage fight, the first action sequence, the stage fight is sort of, like, that's a natural conclusion. It's something that occurs naturally, you know? He's just, right. it's part of what's happening. Mm -hmm. But then I think that, yeah, the, the fact that he, like, breaks into a mob organization with, like, 50 lines. Yes, that, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> You're it like, feels oh, a bit okay. out of in the pan you know he shows up he like shows up and like he fights a lion and then like panda man shows up and he's like boom 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 and they just like bust <laughs> in and they're like they're like let's go bro let's go and i'm like are you kidding two people i'm like i think it was like all in the span of one episode too where yeah. haru haru's kidnapped lagosha yeah. realizes who kidnaps her and then goes to save her i think that yes. whole transition is like one episode. so it, it it is pretty sudden yeah of a of like a of a switch between yeah. what was happening at the time battle. Yeah, we go from literally like drama club with with the homies <laughs> to like but fighting the mob. <laughs> you, I, I do like, think that after the episode where he, they take the trip or whatever and he's like I haven't been outside in more than a year mm. and it feels weird like and you have that sort of introduction to adults and how how people act outside of the school and things like that and I think that that was supposed to begin to open up the manga and i think that 
more so throughout, like now that they've opened the political side, I think that it, it becomes more important because it's mm. still a continuing story. Right. But we had to end at some point, and that was, you know, sort of where we I think it was a good, I still have to give props to the ending. I think they picked a, a solid point to end. Um, yeah. Okay, boys, what, who is your favorite characters from Beastars? Uh, Lego Sheep, bro. Lego Sheep. It's probably a basic oh, answer, but he was, yeah, he was I, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. He was great the whole show. I would say Rui I, is my close second. Um, I like good villain characters. Because right. you feel for Rui. You, if He's you were better in than Rui's Bill. Situation, yeah. If you were in Rui's situation, you would most likely come to the same conclusions. You right. know? And I, I think that whenever you write villains like that, that's really good, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I think he's. But Lego, she's just so fucking cool, bro. Yeah, he's too cool. I, he's too okay. awesome. I and like just, Har- Haru is like I- I'll be the one to say it, you know. That's what I was about to say. Haru, I, I loved Haru. She's, she's definitely my. I, favorite I like Haru a lot too. She's a hundred percent my favorite. Her, 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 and Legoshi's character arc mm-hmm. are, and of course the show is focusing on them since they're the main characters. Right. But seeing their, um, especially Legoshi's arc through this first season was a really cool thing. Right. How they like kind of start off like not really liking yeah, themselves so and then ending with accepting who they are and just owning it going forward. Right. So I loved it. I think Haru is like just oh my gosh. She had my heart from the beginning. I was just like, I love this character. I think they did such a great job like making her emotionally like open. I think they did such a cool job with like her flashbacks in the in the back end too. I love to get to to see that character get fleshed out. Her motivation and her purpose was really valid. Um, she dealt with, like, you know, even the bullying scenes were just super well done. And uh, even that opening scene in episode one where, like, Lego, she, like, wraps himself around her. You know, you're just... I was so, sh- like, strung up in Haru's character development. And I think the author just made me, like, almost care for her as much as Lego, she is supposed to care for her, right? Like, we, we, were, we were feeling that same thing. So I am a Haru fanboy. I think that she is just my... She was our, my shining star. Like I really, and then yeah, Lego. She is just an amazing character too. They did a great job with him, so I, mm-hmm. I can't question that. And Jack was Haru my favorite side character. Haru's the mega waifu dude. She is absolutely dab on him. The queen of the show. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny said he likes the fox girl, but whatever. Oh, I like the, the wolf, wolf girl. girl. Wolf she girl. Was, she was a cool character. I think that I think that uh, introducing a in most romance mangas and anime, there's always that girl that's like, I'm in love with him. Like yeah. he's mine. I love that. Man. And I like it. I like that we finally got that. In, you know, yeah. there is that. You know, that's what, not that's every, what she did, David. She said, "Yeah, I know. He, that man's she mine. did do that." She's, she's like, he's I'm a wolf. He's a wolf. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. That's my wolf." Uh, I feel like she's going to probably be like a, a type of antagonist in season. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I felt like they were building her to do that to be that. Right. I mean, you know, you have to have. You have to understand that not everybody's static and. People will come along if you don't take advantage of people's feel. Like if you don't mm-hmm. embrace somebody's feelings for you, you're not gonna you're not gonna continue to be with them. Right. And if somebody else comes along and says, "I love them and I want to be with them," and they're they're willing to prove it, you, you know, you have to be able to take that leap. And I hope that Damn. that'll make Haru have that same feeling. Yes. That, Haru you know, has to have. I, say it, Kitty. I want she, she has to say I want Legacy to be mine. Boom, I yeah. Him, She's got to have that. I want to be with him. Yeah, she kind um, of needs her Why can't, why can't you just have both? Oh yeah. This isn't an isekai. <laughs> yeah, okay. David, wait, wait, wait. This ain't a harem, oh, bro. <laughs> God, come on. Um, 
No, but on, what, guys, guys what about the real Ultimate Waifu of Beastars? The Hin that sits next to him in class. The Hin, dude. She makes the I perfect did... eggs. She makes the perfect yeah. eggs. <laughs> the perfect eggs. I that mean, was the right funniest right. part. That was I the funniest it. part in the entire fucking show. I was show. rolling. Dude, I love that. She was, jogging, was the, opener, she was jogging too. She was jogging, dude. I was like, I was like, this girl works for her eggs. Yeah. This Hin puts yeah. in work. Thin chicken legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that it oh. had a. Uh, I think that that was a great world building portion. It was. You know, like, it was. L- like you said, the whole like, how do they eat? Like you don't mm-hmm. think about that whenever you're writing a story. And I think the fact that he did, the author did, was, it was like, cool. You know how how do they eat? How do they mm-hmm. function? What are the and if if there are primal instincts, obviously there's going to be a, an underground market. There's going to be, you know, all kinds of different things. And so I think that Loved the it. fact that they they took that angle like they were like and it explains well hens lay eggs and they donate them to different cafeterias or things like that or i think that's a good bit of world building that mm-hmm. really helped sort of help you buy into what the show is is selling you you know absolutely it blew that that scene i love uh, the hen she's the real waifu dude that's what i'm saying dude she's the waifu no <laughs> she's like, she makes the best eggs man okay it, boys it legit was my favorite scene yeah, it was Sorry. really funny. It was really well done. And he, it was just he, like a it was like a good like breakaway from mm-hmm. I I think there was something serious happening at the time too. Yeah. Um so it was like a good breakaway to like have something something comedic happen mm-hmm. before going back in. And yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay, so um closing thoughts. What do y'all I mean, what's your final thoughts, boys, on Beastars? I really enjoyed it. If you uh if you like anime, you should watch it. It's only twelve episodes. It's not a it's not a huge binge. It's on Netflix. I mean, everybody has Netflix. So, you know, it, you should check it out if you haven't seen it. Obviously, if we spoiled it, sorry. But, uh, you know, I, I would say the same thing at the beginning. Check it out. It's a good anime. I really enjoy it. Yep. Honestly, fuck those people that say, if you watch Beastars, you a, <laughs> you a furry. Okay. One, we don't kink shame here. And yeah, two, no if you are furry, who cares? You know, mm-hmm. and watching yeah. the show does not make you a furry. It makes you woke because it introduces you to a lot of shit that's happening. So I, I, I am real. So I, I mean, I'd recommend watching it. Uh, characters are great. Animation's great. Music's great. Yes. All across the board, everything's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and season two comes out in January, apparently, yeah. if it's mm-hmm. Wikipedia articles, right? So I believe you know, so. watch it's season one and then, season. yep. So watch season one now and then uh, get excited for season two. Oh, yes, boys. Yeah, and that's I, same same sentiment across the board. It's one of those shows that really dragged me in. I didn't expect it to. You got to give it a shot. Don't don't sleep on it because it's CGI. Don't sleep on it because it has animals and think it's about furries. You know, don't sleep on this show for reasons like that you think you might not like it. Give it a try because it's a very well-paced, strong drama um, that it's really focused on. You know, it, it at its core, it's one of those shows that is a drama, um, it, which is interesting yeah. with action interspersed. Uh, which makes it a really powerful shonen anime. Uh, it's not really a harem. It's not really a mystery thriller. It's more of a drama. We're more in, in, entwined with the characters and their their purpose and being. Again, I think our only critique is the back half kind of speeding up a little bit and giving that giving that you know a little too fast paced switch. But other than that, I think the character development is spot on. The writing and dialogue is incredibly well done. And like David said, it makes you woke, my dudes. So stick it, stick it. Let's be stars it. Okay, boys, let's give our ratings out of 10. On three? Okay. On three. Are we going to do it? Yeah. Okay. I, I think we're going to have slightly two, different ratings. Wait, sorry, sorry, okay. Okay, ready? Ready? okay, one, two, three, 8.5. 7.5. I got eight. 
Damn, okay, that's good. Okay, okay, okay. Right. So 7.5 to 8.5. So I had 7.5, Kenny said 8, David said 8.5. I think that's a perfect range. I think that I only I dropped it a little bit more just because I, I, I feel weird giving away 8s that easily. I feel like 8, 9, 10 is like the god tier. And Beastars is very good and could probably become that with more seasons. 7.5 is where oh, I landed. Yeah. Kenny and David, you guys feel similar? Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I think that 8 is a great anime and you should check it out that's mm-hmm. i think that if if i read something at eight you should watch it right yeah. i really think that you should watch it and i'm not saying that like you know anything you know lower numbers are, are shit that i like to watch you know there are some things that i just enjoy watching that are not very good and maybe oh, you yeah. shouldn't watch them but eight is definitely eight seven eight are absolutely you should watch them. right yeah i think i've given everything so far eights and seven yeah, um, I, that's I, that's like a general a general range so, for. Remember, we all we I all mean, pretty much. I, I really Tower liked God. it. What we all gave oh, Tower yeah, of God Tower below God. a six. Yeah, Tower we God all gave like below a, a six. Yeah. We we did, we dabbed on Tower of God. Oh, and uh. yeah, all, yeah, all except for Tower of God. But no, I I think um like for me like like sevens to eights, it's just like that general range is just I mean that I really liked it. I feel a majority of people who watched it would all. So, a hundred percent. Okay, cool. Kenny, I would say like a like a five is like if you have similar interests to me, you should check it out. And then anything below <laughs> that is like I don't know. I sometimes it ain't, it ain't so, sometimes yeah. we can we opinion. can we can tell people to watch something that doesn't exactly meet that standard. So, all right, boys. So that was great. Let's jump right in. Uh, let's not let's not hold back. Let's talk about our second. So, B stars a great cleanser there. You know, a good thing to to talk about because it's really popular right now. People are talking about it. Um, but this next show is kind of under the radar is the word I would use, right? So the next show we're going to talk about is called, yeah, uh, it's called Wotakoi. Uh, it's hard to love as an otaku or something like that. Right. And, uh, it's based off a web comic, according to David's research. And overall, I'll let Kenny do the quick summary, but it is Amazon prime. If you want to watch it streaming in the U S. So if you've got Amazon prime, check it out streaming on there. But, uh, Kenny, tell us what, what's Wotakoi about? So, Wotakoi is about um, older, uh, I think uh, they're 26, 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Um, our characters are fully grown business people, and they work together, but they are otakus. And each of them deal with that differently, and they're it, the main set of characters are two couples. Um, what, the main couple and our main characters are Narumi and Hirotaka. Um, they're both childhood friends that have reconnected because they now work at the same job and everybody they all work together at the same job and they all have different interests into like they have different main categories they're otakus for right narumi likes anime and manga boys love and yaoi hirotaka likes anything video games um koyanagi likes cosplay and also she enjoys boys love um and then uh kumbakarna what's his name I don't know. They uh, call, they oh, call uh, them they're Sakuragi. Yeah, name? they're all, yeah because they call them Bakuragi. Uh, oh wait, no, that's not him. Bakur, Bakura. Yeah, Ku. Oh, Koyanagi. Koyanagi. That's the girl. Oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, Kabakura. Kabakura. Yeah, sorry, sorry. They call them Bakakura. Bakakura is what they kept calling him. Yeah, Kabakura is one of my favorites because he likes girly and he loves shoujo yeah and like it's one of the fun and he's like the most serious character in the show so it's just about how otaku's sort of 
find love in one another because uh, Narumi in the beginning makes it very clear that she separates her, her, her life where her otaku side is completely hidden from those that are not otaku. Mm-hmm. And um, she slowly finds love in Hirotaka, her childhood friend, and they begin dating throughout the show. And they're both otaku, and she finally can be herself around a partner. And I think that's really, I don't know, it's really nice. And it's its fun, it's its funny, and it's its sweet. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, obviously. So if we want to yeah. get into... Yeah, let's get into the deets. So yeah. the big thing about Wotakoi, from my perspective, this is a show that is not... It's it you know it's in the slice of life genre. So if you're if you're an anime oh, watcher sure. and you don't know what slice of life is, that's gonna be this is gonna be a tough like entry point for an anime show for you because this is not a plot heavy. It's not really even like a dialogue heavy show is the way I would put it. This is a show that centers around um, very menial and very like day to day experiences that people have. And that's sort of the that is the pa- like that's the power of a show like this. And you know there are lots of really popular slice of life. Uh, Kaon is one that a lot of people love in the slice of life mm-hmm. genre. There are tons of wonderful slice of life shows, and Wojtykowy kind of falls into that same. It, it gives you that same like sort of heartwarming feeling that you're going to get from any any major slice of life show. It, it captures the like the day to day in a spectacular way, like in a way that's very fun. And I think that's what made it a lot of fun to watch. It reminds me, and this is like, maybe a, this is not a great comparison. So you guys can catch me on this, but to me, it's like, it's like if you took the concept of a, an American sitcom, like the office or, you know, community or, or parks and rec. And you take this idea of like, let's just hang out with some characters in a normal setting and then adapt it for anime. And then also make them all weebs. That's pretty much what Wotakoi is, you know, with a lot of inside jokes that, that nerds and weebs are going to understand while if someone, it, this is not the type of show that if it were to air on NBC, uh, it would make no sense. You know, there are no. This is not a relatable show for for most people. This is there's a lot of inside jokes and a lot of inside content that makes it really fun for anime fans or fans that are or really just n- nerds in general. Um, so I think that's I guess what kind that's of gives a similar it comparison to be like Big Bang Theory. Kind yeah, of. actually, yeah. that's not a bad that's not a bad comparison, David. Yeah, Big Bang yeah. Theory sort of has that sort of niche appeal that's maybe a little more uh, a little more in that area but sitcommy it's very sitcommy it's it's the type of show you can put yeah. on enjoy it kind of let it play you don't have to pay full attention to it and still you can grasp what's going on because you know they're just sort of hanging out doing this that and the other but i think that's kind of where its charm comes from and i think that's what to me at least the the overarching um theme of wotakoi is just this idea that love is a little more it's not as romanticized as we want it to be. And it's not as beautiful as we want it to be uh, because of the movies or the TV shows we watch. But instead it's just a normal and endearing experience that occurs in very normal circumstances amongst people who share things or share things in common and have a shared interest. So I think that's where like uh, the show really shines is that it highlights that a lot of people don't just fall in love. Uh, They fall in love because they have things that, they relate to each other on. And there's a really great episode where I love that episode where they go to the theme park and they try yeah. to, they try to restrict their conversation around nerdy stuff. And they realize that they like hated it. They like both, it was like the most miserable experience for them. You know, when she comes out at the end and she's just like, all I want to do is talk about the episode, of the anime and my favorite character, what happened. And, and you know, like 
it was just so it was so endearing to see that like our shared love of a something can bring us closer together and it reminds us why we love anime and why the communities around the things we love are such uh, an integral part of our lives because we like to fill we like to fill our lives with the things that we enjoy and the things that make us happy so it was that episode for real was very charming very very strong uh, strong presentation boys what do you think that's my that's my general thoughts that's my initial thoughts but. Uh- I do think one, um, oftentimes slice of life's are always in high school. And I think that for once oh, they're yeah. they're all adults and they they drink and they hang out. They're our age, David. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, they are age. Yeah, they go to the I bar. Mean, yeah, they, they drink, they hang out. I think that I, and I love that sex is not a, a super important like like they're the kissing thing or the like mm-hmm. that's not like a suit because it's you know, you're you're an adult, like Yes, adult relationships, people have sex. Like, that's just a nor- So whenever they're in high school, it, it's this super fetishized, like, oh, my God, they touched me. Oh, my God, they're getting yeah. naked. Oh, my God. Like, everything is so. yeah. Yeah, everything. And it's it's really not. Like, the, the scene where she's like, shit, as soon as he's like, hey, do you want to come over tonight? And she's like, what color underwear am I wearing? Yeah, and I, I love that, too. You're like, I, I know that as a guy, like, I, it probably is different for a girl, but as a guy, I know that intentionally if i know that i'm going to hang out with someone i don't wear my shitty underwear like yeah i'm not gonna wear wear my underwear that i just wear to hang out i'm gonna put something right. on that doesn't look like you shit. never know right you never I, know. if my pants are coming off i don't want to be like oh yeah these are my, my boxes <laughs> these are my underwear my where my balls hang out the bottom <laughs> yeah, like, I, and i think that it's such a real like uh i don't know and i i, I just love that they're they're adults they're not <laughs> They're not kids, and it's such a endearing sort of love that that is, is portrayed throughout the show. And you know, I definitely want more of it, but uh, yeah, you know, eventually we'll get there. Hopefully, um, yeah. David, I think for, for me, like I think this is yeah. So this is probably the first slice of life anime I've ever seen. Mm. So going into it, I didn't know that it was a slice of life, but. You know, as I'm watching, I'm noticing every episode is just them going to work, them getting drinks, and then them going over to what's his name here to- here Hirotaka's house yeah. to play video games or just hang out. And there's no real you know, plot. There's no real issues or conflict. They're just hanging out, but you still see their relationships um, strengthen as the show's going on. Which is, I mean, as Jerry summarized it perfectly it's just like a sitcom mm-hmm. you're just watching people ordinary people doing ordinary things the thing that makes them special is that they're hard and i'm sure for all of us as we're watching it it's super relatable i mean super relatable for any anime lover because whenever we go out to the real world like going out to a bar or some kind of social event where there's a lot of normies that yeah, are they, around. they even call them normies which was so funny normies, I, I caught yeah. that yeah <laughs> but yeah they, they call them normies in the mm-hmm. show um, and and also a tangent. I don't know if otaku culture is how it was reflected in the. Anime. If it's like right. a taboo, like oh, this person is otaku. Um, but I guess it's, it kind of makes sense because it's kind of like that here, yeah, where yeah. if a, a normal person or average person, I don't know how best to define that, but an average Joe Schmo were to interact or meet someone that was obsessed with anime or obsessed with yaoi or shoujo they would probably be really weirded out. Mm-hmm, so right. it's super relatable as an anime lover to see that 
and see people have those genuine fears of like, mm-hmm. oh, like I love this thing that's, you know, socially not really accepted. How do I maneuver this? And so it was it was cool to just to just to see that the characters were all really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most part, the, the biggest thing for me was just how just how chill and relaxed the show itself was. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it, it's also very funny. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to laugh as much as I did. Just yeah. just genuinely laugh at a lot of the things that were happening. It was pretty. Yeah, so that it was, was, that it was, was cool. very funny. I thought uh, the yeah. comedy held its own really well. I, I also agree with you. I don't think that it I went into it just expecting it to be like endearing, maybe a little charming. But I didn't expect it to be as like laugh out loud funny, but it really did end up being pretty funny, which is cool. But again, it's the inside jokes, right? Like we all, you know, as Alyssa and I were watching it, there were so many moments where we were like, oh my gosh, like we had, we had moments like that because we were adults and we're adults that both like anime and we've gone to new jobs or new places and had to like ease our way into like, oh, do they like anime? Are there people there that like anime? And, um, you know, trying to figure that out. So it's such a, it was so just, I think, comedic watching them maneuver these scenarios and like i said i think that just the standout episode is really the the theme park arc i guess because there was actually like it was a two-parter i think technically yeah because yeah like the date arc <laughs> as you, i would call it it's kind of the the only kind of connected part you have there other than the back end introducing his little brother and then um the little brother's love interest as well but um, i actually would uh i think that the introduction of Nalia and that developing relationship is something that if you're a normie out there, Nalia is so considerate of other people. And th- I love the scenes where he just sits down and because he's lived with his brother for so long, who's a game otaku, who's like, why do you interrupt me whenever I'm in the middle of a boss fight? Why, you know, and he sits down and he's like, I'll just wait. And yeah. he's like, you know, I'm, I'm here to talk to you and I want to hang out with you, but I know that you're into what you're doing. I love And that. he's so... He's so considerate of what you know, what they enjoy, and what, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I want to be friends with you. Like, what's up? How are you? I, I don't want you to be, you know, disconnected from other people, and I'll sit here next to you while you play games. Like, I don't, I don't mind doing that. You know, perfect soul. Yeah, yeah. I love this angel. I loved his scene where he was playing games with him, and he was just straight trash. Like, he was the worst. <laughs> one. I was like, this dude. I was, was like, like, damn it. What do I do? I was like, damn it. That's me. <laughs> I was like, I suck at games usually. Um. So I was no, like, you're more like you're more like Narumi with games. Yeah, okay? maybe. But I, yeah, I, I love that. What, Kenny? As someone who I I'm a Narumi. Okay, I'm a. I don't want people to know that I I stay up until four a.m. reading manga. I don't. I don't. Kenny want hides to know it, dude. I, Kenny hides it. I watched all Toradora this week for no reason. I oh, you know like I I do some unhealthy things whenever it comes to anime, <laughs> and I don't. I don't like to tell people that. I don't like to tell people that I have a waifu. I don't like. To oh like, yeah, that's <laughs> like I actually, Jerry. I wanted to put more anime pops. This is my only anime pop that I own. This wow. is the only one. The rest of them are Guardians of the Galaxy characters. I have basketball players. I have flashes, and then like that some Disney characters. Yeah, you did it. sell and, off and a lot right. of your anime though, since I moved down here and we had a lot of the same ones. So you did sell right. some, a lot of your anime ones. But and I think that there's a lot of anime that i don't i don't talk about it with other people i don't you know it, it has always been something that i i keep completely separate from everything else and mm-hmm. i think that uh seeing army do that is such a i'm like shit i'm just it, especially because i'm absolutely as crazy as she is about yes. it. like you know she's like i love boys love and yeah well, and you're like oh. 
And I mean, it's, it's like it's like the same thing with like people that are like K-pop fans that like oh, yeah. you know people get obsessed over not just the music but the the artists, the, the companies, the individual singers. I mean, it's like that with you can say that by any fan. Yeah, I think with and I don't really know how it started or where it's from, but like for some reason with like anime and video games, that whole and K-pop fans too, I would say, yeah. at least in the Western audience, those fandoms are seen looked at as at least from what i've experienced and what i think looked at as like like the the i don't know the the ugly redheaded stepsister just like yeah. kind of just shunned away and as, yeah as i think nerd culture has become more mainstream you know as slowly you know, but surely right marvel movies are the biggest thing in the fucking world and i still think that anime is like this like it's still like the really unspoken yeah that. it's like the, ah, yeah. don't talk about that don't tell your friends you like anime <laughs> Yeah, because that's weird because, you know, when we were in middle school, David, like, I think back to the, the mid-2000s, the mid, the mid, yeah, the mid-2000, 2010, like, around that time. And I think about how, like, even then, like, comic books were not cool. Like, there, it was still, like, uncool yeah. to, like, comic books and to be, like, a nerd, like, a comic book nerd, which is, like, so weird to me because it, you can even see that portrayed, like, in films, like, super bad, where, like, you can see that, like, the nerd was, like, a type, you know? And now yeah. that and I would say it's 10 years of Marvel movies that have really done it, but you know, 10 years of Marvel movies transformed the, the comic book nerd to like the mainstream, like all of a sudden, you know, normies, as they put it in Wotakoi, normies wear Marvel stuff all the time because it's no longer weird to like that. It's just like liking uh, a character. In it's the, like mainstream. In the, yeah, yeah. It's just like, if you like the matrix or if you like some other action film that came out you know the terminator you know these are things that were not or that are just cool movies that were out and so like now right. marvel movies are in that same vein which has helped to transform what it means to be a comic book fan i think that unfortunately anime is hasn't really had its moment yet where it's got it, i think it's grown and that's what we've seen in the west and even wotakoi kind of to me is like an experience that anime fan, you know finding other anime fans is more common now you're getting, you're able to ease into that a little bit easier. And Wojcikowski kind of like imagines that into reality a little bit. And even just seeing like the reactions of uh, Hirotaka's little brother, and you know, it, it's more acceptable. It's not that weird. Um, and so Wojcikowski does a good job of integrating that. But uh, I really, I really, <laughs> I really am surprised because if anime ever have it has its moment, and it's you know, with Ghost in the Shell, even though it got critically panned, it had a moment, right? We had a giant big screen anime movie. Uh, Alita Speed, Battle Angel? Speed Racer, Alita, you know, these yeah. are big, giant films that were put out that are not terrible. Ter Alita's good. Um, uh, I liked Alita. My Hero and um, Dragon Ball Z had theater yeah. movies. Right, and Dragon Ball Super's Broly movie was like a huge success in huge America huge. in the theaters, which doesn't surprise me, right? Because all the kids who grew up watching Dragon Ball are now in their 20s, 30s. They're now in that buying age. And now... Have a family. They're taking their kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now, and that's the power of the 90s where anime was finally on TV. You know, it was on TV when yeah. we were kids in the 90s and 2000s. And now it's, uh, it's a little more acceptable because adults are still fans or they have fond memories of it at least, which is super strange and, and cool. But maybe it makes Wotakoi, but it still think, I think that Wotakoi captured the honesty of it still. Like, um, <laughs> another great scene is like when they go to the convention. And uh, yeah. just the experiences they have at the the Comiquette. And I think that I was like, oh, yeah, that, that feels like a modern convention. Especially with, like, a boys' love table and her being, like, a boys' love author or whatever. 
which yeah. I wish they would touch on more. I wish Narmi had had more moments to talk yeah. about, like her her manga. She's like a mangaka, low key. Um, yeah. So I was like, dang, I kind of wanted more of that. Um, Just like Koyonagi is a she's a for real famous cosplayer. Cosplayer, like, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, she yeah, had, like, dude, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that it captures that feeling. But I do want to critique it a little bit. I think that one thing about Wojakoi that uh, deserves a bit of critique is that obvious, and this is just the nature of a slice of life show, right? Um, it's a lower budget production, and that's just something you have to kind of expect going in. This is not the level of animation you're used to in like a Beastars or a My Hero, or, you know, it's not a full blown uh, sort of extravaganza as you would expect. Um, and so because of that, you get you get a lot of still shots, you get a lot of moments where really only the mouth is moving, um, you get a lot of moments where the colors are really not all, all there, um, you get a lot of moments where the music is really pretty low bar, I, I mean, I love the opening song, but the music as a whole is pretty, the opening and ending are awesome, but the, the music throughout the show is pretty standard, it's a pretty standard, uh, it's a pretty standard score, if, if that makes any sense. And right. um, overall, I think what so the shining parts to me were the voice acting, which I think that the voice actors really nailed it for the Japanese. We watched it in Japanese. I assume all of us did. Yeah. Um, the Rumi's voice actor. So great. And you, yeah. be surprised. Just by like this. The, the, the range of like, which mm-hmm. is like very serious and she's like, gets really low or Narumi and like pitch are both voiced by newbies, newbies to the, to being saves. They've only really? been in about two or three different shows each. Very new, fresh, Fresh uh, seiyus there, and the a other two is a Japanese voice actor, Arisa Date. Oh, yeah, yeah, the 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 yeah the voice actors for those two, but the voice actors for the other two are like pro- prolific voice actors. Um, uh, I can't remember. I want to say the guy who plays Kabakura is is the guy who played um, Todoroki in My Hero. I think it is. I think it's the same guy. Uh, I'm gonna say I recognize uh, Koyanagi. Oh, he's done a lot. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, Kabakura's voice actor is pretty. He's Escanor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kabakura is pretty well known. Um, so yeah, and Koyanagi is also pretty well known. She's been in some stuff we've definitely heard. But yeah, so I think the voice acting talent, uh, and I want to hope that the two prolific actors really help to elevate the newbies, and that's why we got such great per- performances out of them. Hirotaka and Narumi especially just nailed it. Like I think that they nailed and captivated me in a lot of their uh, one-to-one dialogue. And if you guys didn't know, in Japan, they actually usually will film dialogue unlike in america where one person goes into a booth and delivers all their lines and then it all gets stitched together in japan they actually will bring the whole cast in and do it all together they'll film it together uh, record it together i feel like that's so much better yeah i don't too. know why we don't do it like that yeah I, yeah americans are just so busy uh and also it's it's a bit of more of a high profile job in japan if that makes any sense like if you're a seiyuu in japan that's like you have to go to school for it like there's a very specific college program, collegiate program yeah. there, and it's a very like high profile. It's a career, you know. It's like a high profile career. Right. In America, in the, being an anime voice actor is not really a real thing. You kind of are an actor, and then maybe do voice acting on the side, or you're if you are a full time voice actor, you're still not like famous by any means. You know, even like right. the biggest voice actors are really not uh, the ones that do it just for anime. That is, you know, you have some generally right. there. Mm-hmm. They're like employed by the company and they produce shows and like they do a handful of different things that isn't just voice acting. Yeah. So it's very interesting to think about that. I mean, you do have some like Jim Cummings is like a very prolific American voice actor. Do you guys know who Jim Cummings is? 
Yeah. Sounds familiar. He's Who's, super. Uh, he's like one of the major Disney voices. You know, he played Winnie the Pooh. Right. That's what I was he, thinking. He's pretty much yeah. in every Disney production, every Disney TV show. And, you know, he is a very iconic voice actor who does a lot of voices across so many roles. Very pro- Tom Kenny, Tara Strong. Tom Ki- Yes. Strong there are some Martin. people who are in bigger productions. Those are. Erica Lindbeck. Those are lifelong voice actors, American voice actors that certainly exist. Stephen Blum transitioned from anime into the mainstream voice acting and now does, you know, he's in all cartoons, all TV shows, all, you know, all this other stuff. So it's interesting, but that just doesn't really exist as much in America. Um, It's much more, it happens a lot more in Japan. So they get to film all this stuff in a booth. And I think that most likely the, the more veteran, the two voice, the vet more veteran voice actors help to elevate the performance. And you see that a lot. Like, the two, the other two, uh, Kabakura and what's her name, Ko- Koyanagi, Koyanagi, Koyanagi. Uh, the two of them really had also stellar performances. I think about the oh, scene. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which episode this was on, but you know the scene where they're at the bar and Kabakura like kind of pisses off Koyanagi, and she's a little yeah. bit drunk, but then she storms out. Uh, Narumi goes out to to support her, and they kind of have a girls' moment, but she's kind of breaking down doesn't like that her and Kabakura fight all the time. I thought that was a really, really tactful surprise in the middle of what's essentially a show about, you know, anime figures having big tits and uh, right. not using anime words at the theme park. That was a really tense moment that they, I think that the voice actors elevated that scene. And uh, despite the limited animation, the limited musical score, you still were able to have a really good, a good moment there. But And it's a, it's a scene that like, because she knew his interests are women that are sort of the cutesy, yeah. you know, cutesy girls, and she's she's not that. Yeah. And th- there's that sort of like, you know, I know that you love and you see, you know, your main interests revolve around things that are not me, and it it makes her jealous or upset, and which is understandable, you know. If, if I was like, yeah, my waifu is, you know, I, I love Lucina and you're not Lucina. Like, I could understand where you could be like, well, why do you even like me? Or or with Hirotaka where he likes he likes big titty girls and yep. Narumi is not that. And, That's a character trait. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's tough. I like, yeah, I really did like the show. I think that this is a show that's just really easy and, and laid back and um, it's fun. It's one of those shows that I don't know if I would ever like. This is the type of anime that is tough to suggest to someone to watch unless you know that they're into this type of anime, if that makes any sense. You know, yeah. this is this is not because in reality, in you know, there's no plot per se. You know, there's no nothing really overarching. Yes, things that happen in episode one are still active in episode, you know, like them get. <laughs> You know, the characters right. develop, uh, things that happen obviously still impact the way they react later, but right. overall, there's really, they're not working towards something. It's just sort of living. And so because of that, it is sort of a, sh- a tougher show. If it, if I, like, I would never, like, sit down and say, like, oh, you've never watched anime before? Check out Wotakoi. No, if someone was really into anime and they like stuff like this, this would be, you know, oh, is a really solid, um, charming little show that is worth, worth a watch, but it's definitely yeah. not like your... It is not your go-to uh, go-to suggestion anime. That's for sure. But yeah, boys. A, pre- a pretty big weeb, and uh-huh. even some of the some of the references went over my head. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's cr- because like I, you know I even was able I got the Kantai collection, 
uh, one. Obviously, the JoJo's and the uh, oh, there was a lot of JoJo's references, low key. Yeah, lots yeah. of JoJo's references. Are the what's the gambling Funny. show? There's, oh, uh, Kaiji. There was a Kaiji reference. Kaiji, yeah, Kaiji reference. There was uh, a Kaiji. Reference. I didn't get any of the references. So. <laughs> <laughs> But there were some that I was like, who is that? Let me look that up real quick. I looked at one like, thing. You remember when she, there was episode, uh, Koyanagi uh, bought him, bought Kabakura off by like buying him a figure? And I was like... Mm-hmm. I she bought him a Christmas gift. Yeah, I don't... Limited I, edition one. I didn't know what it was, so I looked it up. It was something from like either, I think from a visual novel or like a um, something like that from one of those uh, type of series. Uh, whenever she dresses him up as a girl... Uh, the thing that he gets is a figurine from the content collection, which okay, is the, yeah, yeah. the girls that are ships. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Is that an anime or is it a visual novel? Because I thought it's I... a it's it's a phone game. Okay, yeah, yeah. I knew it was something that was like because uh, I looked it up. That was the one that girls I are up. ships. Yeah, like boat. Yeah, like the boats. whole point of the game. It's a gotcha David game said, where you collect Japan, girls that are. Japan did what? <laughs> no. I got downloaded right now. <laughs> it's a gotcha, bro. So look out. Gotcha oh, games scare me. Okay, they, you better be careful. Gotcha. Um, David knows his fair share of gotcha games. Like, I've I've had my fair share of gotcha. Uh, Dip remember, is, right, right next to you, get played heroes. every yes. single day. My mm-hmm. our brother. Oh yeah, I forgot you played Brick. Okay, yeah, but um. I don't know if there's much more to say on Wotakoi, just because it's not, you know, it's not really a show that you can dive much deeper. I think we highlighted yeah. the main, like the power, the good. Was there any other scenes you guys felt are worth mentioning that we haven't talked on? Um, so we didn't really talk about a lot of the scenes that they had while they were at work. Mm. So, oh yeah, I feel like in their work environment was when we saw them trying to be as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the most that it would stray away from that would be when uh, I keep forgetting when Hirotaka would be you know playing his game like the second it, it becomes lunchtime he's playing his game. Oh, I love that moment. Um, yeah, it switches. But, right, yeah, it Things switches. Like, uh... Yeah, we we kind of see them, and again, this is just you know slice of life, like it being super relatable. Um, these people doing these basic desk jobs, and then the second that they're out of work, they can like take a, a huge sigh of relief and like be who they are. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just interesting again to see um, even more relatability with the with myself and the characters of like because mm-hmm. whenever I'm at work like I have to I feel like I have to be like in a serious mode, mm-hmm. be aware of how I'm presenting presenting myself, being too weeby or myself. And then once you know work is done, then I'm I, I breathe that sigh of relief and I can be who I really am. So yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. That's a really great point, and I think it, it definitely adds to the charm of Wotakoi. It adds to the the like I enjoyed this nature of it, right? When you have those moments with the show, so yeah, because you're like, that's me. Yeah, that's I, that's I, what I, I deal with. That. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and then, what do you guys think about the ending? Because there really wasn't an ending, is the word I would use. That I think that was kind of a. It just kind of sh- cuts off, right? It like, just stopped. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that sucks. But yeah. like, like, it being a slice of life, I don't know how that works in terms of there being arcs. So yeah. I don't even know if if the if it was supposed to have an ending or right. if it's you know once season two starts, it's just going to go right back into where we left off without you know yeah. probably. So yeah, Most and I think that, slice of life are like that. Yeah, I just think they okay. could have felt, I, and maybe this is just me, but like. I think the anime had a solid spot they could have used as an ending, and to me that would have been the episode where they have the bar breakdown. Um, I think that had they just adjusted, I think they could have adapted the two stories from the last episode, which were oddly more focused on 
Hirotaka's little brother, which I thought was really odd right. to switch from. And they, I think they added they, him to the opening. I think if yeah. they had just... They did. Oh, yeah. Good note, Kenny. I, I realized that as well. I think if they had just shifted those two episodes, two episodes mm-hmm. earlier and let the two episodes before that serve as sort of like a proto-ending... I thought that would have been at least a little bit more of a satisfying ending. I, I imagine they're just following the manga's timeline. But with a slice yeah, of life, sure. With a slice of life, you can kind of mix because the stories don't really have to happen in chronological order. You can kind of shift and adapt. So I'm surprised the animated didn't take some liberty there and kind of go for either the date two parter being the finale or the uh, the episode where they uh, the breakdown in the bar being the finale. Because I think those were a little bit better. Just closing episodes is the word I would use. Because the actual closer was the, um, no. I don't even remember what the actual like last. It's the walk, it's the walk in the park after they go on vacation. It shows Koyanagi and Kabakura spending their vacation time together at home. Oh, geez. and then yeah, yeah. Hirotaka and Narumi walk back through the park, and he says, "Well, you know, I didn't have friends." And then, and yeah, then it yeah. finally leaves you on, uh, on whatever Naoya is like. Well, my brother got to date his first love. Yeah, and he gives him the, the death glare. And I didn't like, hate the right. I don't. I don't hate that, but I just hated that the episode prior was like all about Naoya, and then like the first half of the last episode also I think had a bit of an that arc, and then he got interweaved. It, it's like I get it that he's like the character we're building up with now, but I think if you would just like let us have a like a Narumi Hirotaka, um, and uh, Koyanagi and Kabakura finale. And then let Naoya just kind of exist as a character that happened in the first season that we'll get more into in season two. I think I would have liked that a little bit better. But again, yeah. I think that oh, you're right, Kenny. I'm remembering it now. I think that the last scene works though, right? Because you 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 do get some closure on the fact that they're just going to keep existing and loving each other in where we are now, right? They're happy. They're happily still together and a couple. Is that the one where they they uh, did the finale? Also, the the one where they. Where Koyanagi calls her on the phone, yes, and they're reading the she's manga. Making, she's she's making food, and they're both just like spinning the data. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a cute one. It it, yeah. it did feel acute. There was a cuteness to it, but uh, I don't think it was it kind was. of like you know tied with a bow at the end of like togetherness yeah. of all of them interacting. Yeah, it just stopped. Despite some was, of the ups and downs the season had, we still get the tight little bow at the end. It's kind of what it feels like, which is yeah. like, oh, cool. You know, people can be upset, you know, because we had some some moments where people were upset and people were disgruntled, but it came back around and they were happy. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just didn't like the brothers' whole little arc. I'm okay with it, though. I'm not mad Did you guys think? Did you think it was weird that they introduced a assumingly major character like two to three episodes before the season ended? That's yes, I did. That's what I was going to say. With Nayo's yeah. like love, yeah. I guess he's one of the mains as well. Oh, Kenny, you're muted. I mean, oh, I'm muted. Oh, here you. She's a you. female, Jerry. You. You're back now. I think your I think your voice just stitched out for a second, but I can hear you. I just uh, I, it's just they're just adapting what's what's coming up. You know, I I don't think that it's it's too bad. It's a slice of life. Like you know, we're yeah. just gonna check back in right where we were. Whenever it's fully released, or that's it. You know. You, you know what you're getting into, and if people just want to jump to the, the webtoon or the online comic or whatever it is, um, that's totally fine. I know that uh, I, I draw a big connection between this and another uh, slice of life romance, one that I like, which is Horamiya. And I like that the characters are together, right? What is it, Very Wait, what is it called? In Horamiya, which oh, is a manga that I read, okay. um, the characters very quickly become in a relationship and mm. the show is more about 
their relationship and not about them getting together. Like a, a classic shonen romance like Nisekoi where it waits until the very end of the show for them to finally be like, I want to I want to be with you. Yeah, but It happens much earlier and much more real, I guess. Mm-hmm. Earlier on. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, yeah. I like that. It's like if you look at a show like The Office, right, where you have three full seasons of, like, Jim and Pam trying to get together. Then all of a sudden you have, like, three full seasons of them, like, being together. And then by the end they're, like, parents wedded with kids. And, like, you know, you get this whole arc. And I think that Wojakoi and these types of shows give you that opportunity to just kind of, like, live with a character over time. So I think that's what that's that's why we watch them, right? We like that little – that peek into. But, um, okay, last thing I want to chat on about this is that I officially, like, hate Amazon Prime's, like, viewing platform, guys. Like, uh, I, it's it's not- so miserable. The app sucks so bad. Sorry, this is my last – I'm I'm tired Wait, of Amazon Prime. You, do you guys still get ads? Because like I'm an no. Amazon Prime member and I get ads. Do you really? I whenever I, whenever I start the very first show of the night, there's like a 20 second ad and then that's it. But like, why is yeah. there an ad in the first? No, you're right. I get the same. I get that same ad too. Yeah, it's like an initial. It's like ad. an ad for the yeah. Girl Scouts show. Yeah. You still get or some it on, other um, Prime. Same thing happens show. on HBO. You pay for HBO and you'll still get a like an initial ad, which is stupid. Uh, they'll even like hardwire the the ad into the HBO show. Into the show, but, yeah. Stupid. That's yeah. That's illegal. It's Amazon. Yeah, that's it's, illegal. It's illegal. Amazon but... Prime, you're illegal. Um, that's illegal. Yeah, I don't know why that happens, but I just hate the player. Like the skip intro button never fucking works. The the fast forward button I kept because you know these Wojkowski has after credit scenes. Um, so, yeah. You know you had to scroll past the credits to watch the ending, and I every time Alyssa and I would try to scroll past it. And it would accidentally go to the next episode, and I'd have to like back it up. I'd have to like fast forward through. <laughs> that the whole happened episode. to me so many times I was too. Like, I would have to like go back to the previous episode and then yeah. fast forward all the way to the end. I was like, Amazon really Prime, you are ass, dude. Scene. I hate I'm that. So used to it, I wait till it the next time pops up. You press B, then you can fast forward. Kenny's got I, it down. Why yeah, can't we, Jerry? So I'm, I'm so good at we're skipping ads, opening David, songs ads. too. If I need to, like, yeah, I, I mean, can just fast forward the correct amount of time exactly. Every that is time. true. They're always a minute and a half. So if you know, if you've got that 10 second button skip or whatever, like most mm. players have, you literally just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then it'll be right at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, I do that all the time when I'm watching. Them, I didn't skip uh, the opening in the show. So. Yeah, this one, I skipped it a couple times, but. Not I only skip much. the endings. I like the I, intro. I, I never skip the opening. The opening for Wodakoi is like so awesome. I love the opening for this show. It's definitely I, I sing it every time. Yeah, it's one of my favorite opening. It's also catchy as hell. But okay, boys, yeah. let's give it a rating. I I'm my rating's gonna be I don't know. I'm curious what you guys are gonna rank it, but uh yeah. I need to stop I need to like David's is gonna be like fifteen out of ten. <laughs> no, no, I Vampire need to, like, Nine out of ten. <laughs> I need Vampire to like, I need to rethink my range because I want to. It's a one to ten. I need to start using more numbers in the range. Yeah, you've got more range there. Yeah. So, okay. Count us down, think, David. I think I know. Okay. All right. Can you know where you're ranking it? Fire Okay. All right. Three, two, one, six point five. Six. 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 Solid. Six. I don't want to. Okay. Good I don't job, guys. It too high. You know, it's it's a good anime. You should check it out. But it's not it's not bad. But it's not it's not an amazing anime, and I would you know sing its praises for the rest of my life. But. Right. This is a show that I could casually suggest to someone who's a fan of anime, and they might have a good time with it uh, over the course of two or three afternoons. You know, it's not very. It's only eleven episodes, so you know you might have a good time with it over the course of a week. 
it's not something you're going to rush out to buy all the toys for. It's not something you're going to rush out. You're going to feel 10 years from now really change your life. Um, but it's definitely just, it's a fun little experience and it's a good little story. Uh, but solid six, it's above average. But again, I also was just disappointed and I get it slice of life, but, uh, just animation and the score of the show was a little bit weak on the low budget side as expected with something like this. But, uh, you know, it makes it, it, it just makes it a little less enjoyable. And David, what was your, yours? Yeah. I mean, like for me, just because like I've seen quite a bit of anime and I like this, like I'm excited to see future episodes. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a, a good percentage of people that cause, cause like, with the show, there's nothing that's really keeping you other than your just own want and curiosity of seeing how their lives are, you know, for there's mm-hmm. no real, you know, major enemy or you know, things that are comparable to a shonen. It's just it's slice of life, so it's just people living. So <laughs> it's <laughs> I love that's it. what slice of life is. So I mean, it's I enjoyed it for what it was, but I mean, it's just mediocre. And yeah. something I didn't mention before: there were some moments where it was just like boring. Yeah, um, it's you know there there weren't really any jokes or you know big things happening it's just them working so you're just kind of waiting until a good part arises arrives so so yeah i mean i think 6.5 is good it's not awful it's not terrible but it's not amazing extraordinary absolutely wotakoi watchable entertainment for weebs (laughs) that's what it is uh okay so kenny i believe it's time for our new weekly segment that kenny likes to call uh, what do you call it, Kenny? When shown an anime, I guess? yeah, when I've, shown I've been anime, shown an anime when unraveled. Sh- uh, <laughs> no, no wait. Right, let, let's call it uh, when shown an anime should just end. Okay. When shown an anime should just end by Kenny. That was too fucking long. <laughs> as I say every week, uh, sometimes shown an anime are just focused on getting serialization that their whole plot is not really laid out. It seems, and so they just sort of spiral out of control. Um, This week, we're going to talk about Gaunt's on our way out. Uh, In Gaunt's, it's a story of two guys who die at the beginning and then are granted a chance to be resurrected through this guy inside of a big orb named Gaunt's. And they have to fight these aliens that are invading their their planet. And they use these different weapons and things. Well, here's the thing. Once you get 100 points, which you can earn from defeating these aliens, you are allowed to be resurrected and you no longer have to play this game. If you die in the game, you die forever because you're already dead, technically. So, guess what? They end up earning their lives back sometimes. Well, first of all, our character earns the other guy's life back because he dies just before uh, they finally earn their 100 point. But then, later on, our character has a love interest who we meet very early on. But also, he has a second love interest. And that second love interest earns a second amount of 100 points and resurrects him a second time. So now you have two of the protagonists that exist. Within the world. They, yeah. There are two of the same character. Gods. So then we get into the final arc of the show where these this big planet of aliens are finally invading the, the planet, and we have to constantly check back in with both of our protagonists because oh, he's no. two separate characters in two different locations on this weird alien invasion ship. And That's it just wild. begins to make no, no sense. sense. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't... They fly around in these buster armors that you, you can earn if you spend your points on them. 
And why is there a guy in an orb? And they're aliens? I, it just very quickly spirals out of control. That's and once there's two protagonists, you're like, I, which one is he? Which character am I looking at? Jesus. So that's what happens in Gods. Spoilers for Gods. Obviously. Hey, I just want to say the, I can't remember her name, but the second K's, uh, uh, the girl that resurrected K. The idol lady. Yeah. She's waifu. Oh my <laughs> god, waifu. You're not main girl? No. No. That girl. No. Waifu. Waifu material. It's just, it's so. I fucking, I fucking love so Gaunt for, for those that are listening. Gaunt's I think Gaunt's is a ton of fun. I think it's one of my favorites. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good it's ride. Plot's kind of ass. I didn't love it. Yeah, plot's kind of ass, but it's, 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 a, it's a good time. The live action, I like the live action. It wasn't bad. I haven't seen the live action, but I, I think the manga is the best way to consume Gaunt's. I, I, the anime yeah. just doesn't do it for me, but I think if you want to go and it, live, relive Gaunt's, go read the manga. That's the way to. That's the way to to enjoy it. Um, Sometimes manga should just end, though. So and Gaunt's probably should have ended way earlier. It lasted for a long time, way past a its long time, way past it. Oh, it's something I didn't. Something I was going to mention, but I forgot. Did you guys know that uh, Wotakoi Love Is Hard for Otaku has a live action adaptation? No, yeah. I want to watch. Yeah, it. it has a live action movie. Oh, there's that, also an that sounds Oba, like fun. If if y'all wanted to check out, I've been thinking things. about. There's yeah. two episodes in the OVA, right, Kenny? It's like two OVAs. Yeah. yeah. One oh, is it on? Is it on Amazon Prime? No, I don't Oba's think so. There. You have to go elsewhere for the OVA. But yeah, Kenny, thank you again for our uh, shonen anime that goes on to. Uh, probably should just end. Shonen, shonen anime probably should just end. Hope you guys enjoyed Even it. If you've seen God's, God's staying in, but <laughs> if yeah, if you've seen God's, you probably know. If you haven't or have a chance, hopefully this makes maybe piques your interest or makes you realize you want to pass on it. But, okay, guys, so let's talk about next week, next episode, next time on the uncensored, <clears throat> next time on the uncensored anime podcast, uh, we're going to be bringing in our good friend, uh, our little brother, me and Kenny's little brother, uh, family, family of many brothers. We're going to be bringing in our buddy Mikey, and he's going to be helping us talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We're going to be debriefing the first two parts of JoJo's, what makes JoJo special, why has JoJo's been able to persist for as long as it has? And we're going to talk about what what sort of history JoJo's as a as an anime and as a shonen has. But we really want to talk about those first two arcs because uh, those first two arcs set a standard, and I think it'll be fun to watch that and get the perspective of our youngest brother, who is the most disconnected from when JoJo's first aired, uh, who has finally been able to experience JoJo's for the first time in its current state. And also just to bring in all of our perspectives, uh, Kenny and I as big JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fans, we're big fans of all of the series that have come out, and David, who also have his first experience with JoJo's. So should be a lot of fun, should be a blast. I hope you guys tune in next time. And, uh, we're going to be watching fun. Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency. Yeah, so part one and two, Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency. We won't be getting into the most popular part, which is Stardust Crusaders. We might have some offhand mentions of it, as Mikey has been watching that. And David, most likely, knowing David, will probably start watching parts of it. Because once he watches parts one and two, right now. he'll probably get into part three also. Uh, so mm -hmm. I fully expect that. So we might talk a little bit about it. But we really want to talk about what it means as a legacy. So hopefully join us next week, guys. And that should be a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, boys, you got any closing thoughts? Or are we going to wrap this puppy up? That's it. All right. Thank you again, everyone, yeah, for brother. joining in <laughs> joining in, and joining us for the Uncensored Anime Podcast. I hope you subscribe. Follow us on our socials. We'll be sharing new episodes hopefully once a week of just the three of us weaving out, talking about stuff, and deep diving some anime, guys. So hope to see you guys again. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>